The title of Your Money, Your Wealth Podcast 395 is a mashup of today's retirement spitball analyses. What's the next move for a 22-year-old who wants to retire early at 50? Can another YMYW listener afford to retire by the ocean in 10 months? Can Flower Girl and her husband and her boyfriend retire next year? Joe and Big Al also check extensive retirement spitball math sent in PDF format. Plus, what are the fellas' philosophies on single versus married tax rates when one spouse passes? And how does high state income tax impact a retirement strategy? I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. Hey, I'm Nick. I'm 22 years old. I have $40,000 in my liquid savings. I have $25,000 in my Roth TSP. I was in active duty Navy, no longer looking at rolling that over so I can put more money into it. Well, this isn't really my question. If you have any suggestions on how to roll it over or what to do with it, I'm all ears. I work and go to college full-time and earn $65,000 a year working in IT. I have zero debt, own my car outright, and rent a small apartment in Phoenix, Arizona. Can you gentlemen please help me with what the next move to helping me retire by 50 is? Please let me know. My family is a bunch of avid listeners. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. Right. Family's a bunch of avid listeners. Yep. Got Not Nick. necessarily to this show. <laughs> they listen to other shows. Appreciate it. Little active duty, a little Navy. Yeah, yeah. Nick, thank you for your service, first thank of all. You. Yep, absolutely. And you know what? You guys killing it. 22, 22 years, years old. old. Crazy. You're doing great. Without question, keep it up. He got forty thousand bucks in liquid savings. Plus, he's almost got a hundred grand. I know seventy five thousand bucks. A guy makes sixty. He's going to school full time. Did you have a hundred grand at age twenty two? Twenty two? No, <laughs> me neither. No, I was like running up hundred thousand dollar bar tabs. <laughs> <laughs> that took you ten years to pay yeah, off. I'm still paying them off. <laughs> yeah, twenty two, not a chance. No, uh, but congrats. So. I guess rolling over the TSP into a Roth IRA, you don't have to necessarily roll the, the the TSP into a Roth IRA. You can open up a Roth IRA, Nick, and you can contribute to it. Yeah. Um, so the, the TSP is a really good account. It's very low in cost. If you want to make it simple, you, you might want to roll it to a Roth IRA. You can open one up at you know Schwab, TD Ameritrade, Vanguard, wherever, right? Something where you feel comfortable with managing the money. So you can roll the TSP there, keep the TSP as is, and just open up a Roth IRA, and you can make contributions to that every year. Right. And at age 22, this is what I would tell my kids and did tell my kids, you want to be in the market as opposed to in cash and bonds in this Roth IRA. So, and be globally diversified, low cost. So get a, get a, get a, like a, a total stock market fund. Vanguard has one. So does Schwab and others get a total international fund. And, and focus on equities because they're going to grow more. They're going to be more volatile. But over the next 28 years, they're going to produce the rate of return that you're looking for. Yeah. And I would try to save 20% of your income. That would get you probably to retirement at 50. Yeah. Especially starting at 100. Yep. Yeah. So that would be the goal. Just trying to save 20%. And if you can do that, then trying to save a little bit more, then you're going to you know, have... Um, some optionality, but uh, congratulations, Nick. Thank you and your family for being avid listeners. All right. We got Joe from Sacramento, California writes in. He goes, I'm 54 years old. 
and I work for the state of California. I want to retire next year in June when I turn 55. I'm married with one 15-year-old child. Wife is 51 and will retire when she's 54. I have a pension that will bring in $70,000. Wife has a pension that will bring in 30, but not until she's 60. I have a few years with no cash flow. I have 600,000 in my 401k. Wife has 900 in the TSP. I have 170 in Roth, 1.4 million in inherited IRA. Have eight years left since the passing of 2020. One and a half million in brokerage, 100k for child college, and another 40,000 in 529 plans. Estimated Social Security is $2,000 up per month for each of us at 67. Uh, we spend around 10000 each month. Wife is maxing out the TSP, and I'm maxing out my 401k and 457, but only have 10 months before I retire. We have three dogs. Drink Irish mules. They would love to live by the ocean on the West Coast if I could afford it. Will this work out? Okay. He lives in Sacramento, so he's already close to the West Coast. Yeah. He just he can, wants to move a little bit closer. He can drive there, take a few hours maybe. All right. Well, ocean. Or, or drive up to Tahoe and spend time by the lake. He wants ocean. I know, but just saying, it's water. Got it. Okay. So $10,000 a month before 67. Yeah. He's 55. Okay. He's going he's gonna to retire at 55. So he's got a 12-year gap. Right before Social Security, but if if he wants to spend one hundred twenty thousand dollars and he's got he's got a pension of seventy thousand, he only needs fifty thousand. Okay, and then so and if, if you add up all his assets together, it's it's roughly four point six million ish. So let's go. What's that? One That's point. One, it's one percent. One point one percent. So yeah. so yeah, you're fine. But he needs some of that cash and capital to buy his new house on. Well, ocean. If depending upon what you buy in the ocean, might change it. But if you stay put, see at at age fifty five, um, we would say probably. So that's obviously retiring young. Maybe you want to limit it to a three percent distribution rate. Maybe two and a half percent distribution rate if you if you want to be conservative. Your distribution rate is one percent, and that's before your wife's pension and before Social Security. So as it stands right now, Joe, you're in great shape. Now, if you want to buy a nice home by the ocean, it could change a little bit. And we got a, a little email here from Flower Girl in Tennessee. But I don't see anywhere on this email that says, um, thanks, Flower Girl. Or did you make this name up? No, I did not. That is actually what she put as the name. And as you uh, go through the email, you will see that she actually explains. Got it. Oh, okay. All right. Hello, Joe, Andy, Big Al. Hope to retire Next year at 52, yo, and I would love to hear your spitball on the success of our retirement plan. All right? Okay. Okay, here we go. My husband is 53, yo, and he has given an early retirement due to medical OGI. 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 Um, medical OGI. I, anyway. I don't know what that means either. Um, okay. Um. And gets a pension of $36,000 a year. He only pays $1,100 in tax on this income. My husband. On the job to- illness. Oh, okay. okay. Well, there you go. Gets a pension of 36 on the job illness. Thank you, Andy. Um, so a lot of that's tax free. $1,100 is going to be taxed on this income. My husband plans to take Social Security um, at 62. My boyfriend 
Okay. Oh, okay. Who is also my husband. Oh, that That's good. What the hell? <laughs> Works. So what? I'm so good. My husband and my boyfriend, but my boyfriend they're, they're who same, is also my husband. Same same person. Joe, Just are go. you familiar with the concept of role playing? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to play as Big Al. <laughs> how, does that, how does that go over? I just try to be really boring. <laughs> and I, I, I'm at home trying to be snarky. God. It's like, Annie, <laughs> what'd you do this for? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So a little, little role play, a little freak show here. I like it. Okay. okay. All right. Now, now we're back on track. Okay. <laughs> Works as a, a part-time gig making $14,000 a year. So he can take me out to dinner dancing in lemon drops. He likes Coke and Jack. Okay. I've never heard it like that before. Uh, my husband likes homemade wine and moonshine. You yeah. say Coke and Jack or Jack and Coke? Jack and Coke. Unless this is her boyfriend and they've got a really exciting relationship. So Yes. It's, it's super exciting. Okay. I make $360,000 a year for my job. In about $60,000 a year from long-term capital gains from investments. We have $2 million in 401ks, traditional IRAs, and another million dollars in a brokerage account. All right. Cool. For you. No got wonder why you got a husband and a boyfriend. <laughs> we have no debt on our house. We have about $250,000 in cash. My husband drives a 2005 CRV, and my boyfriend drives a 1990 uh, GMC Suburban. And, a, and I drive a 2015 Town & Country. Okay. We would like to start Roth conversions next year on the top of the 24% tax bracket. Does my husband's pension reduce the amount we could convert to Roth if we wanted to stay in the 24% tax bracket? Um, yes, but only the $1,100 that is taxable. So, I mean, it's not going to be a, a ton. Well, no, that's the tax he pays, 1100 So I don't know what the taxable part is. Oh, he's paying $1,100 in tax on the $34,000 pension? Yeah. $36,000 pension. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, $36,000 pension? Yeah. And he and, pays, oh, $1,100 in tax. Maybe they're income? married filing separately. And then the boyfriend, I mean, and then the, the boyfriend's <laughs> filing separately and they're filing married? But they're one and the same. <laughs> Got it. Um, Do we need a little blood check? <laughs> yeah, big L. Great up flow I'll get the wiper. Get the flow chart. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, so, yeah, whatever... The, the, Whatever's taxable on the pension, so some of it's tax free. Whatever's taxable would add to your, um, you know, taxable income. Yeah. And that would include that. That's right. Assuming you 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 file married filing joint. joint. If you file if you file married filing separate, and I don't believe Tennessee is a community property state, then it would not necessarily affect your Roth conversion. Does the long term capital gain income reduce the amount that we can convert? Um, no, the long term capital gain will sit on top of your ordinary income. Um, so you, you convert to the top of the 24, then the capital gain sits on top But what you got to look out for is the, the net investment income tax. Yep. Um, oh, we will have to pay the 3.8 Medicare surtax in 2023. Yeah, probably you make $350,000 a year. Um, your boyfriend or has the, the side gig, your husband has, has a pension ability or whatever it is. <laughs> And so, yeah, all of that is going to be added to your taxable income. And then your capital gains of $60,000 is going to sit on top of that. And your 3.8% Medicare surtax will be taxed 
uh, on those dollars. Yeah. So now for purposes of our discussion, we're going to assume you file married filing joint. So that means then, yeah, it's all the combined income to take you to the top of the 24. You don't even count your capital gain income. So go to the top of the 24 without your capital gain income. It'll still be taxed at 15% or it could be 20. Could be 20. You, still, you will have to pay the net investment income tax. That's 3.8%. That starts when your adjusted gross income, modified adjusted gross income is over 250,000 as a married couple, which sounds like if you'd already be there. Yeah. So any dollar over 250 would be subject to the surtax. So if you're already making 350,000, then 100% of that um, capital gain would be subject to it. Yeah. And, and it, but it's that 3.8% is only on capital, capital gains, gains, interest dividends. Uh, we will pay our bills with our husband's pension, my boyfriend's side gig in 20K from cash. Health insurance is included in the medical retirement for the family. The conversion income tax payments will come from the brokerage account. Okay. I plan to become a flower girl or okay. a flower child next year oh. and bring in no significant income. Strictly a kept woman. I may even get a tattoo. I always wanted one of those. You go, flower girl. Flower child. We have two grown unmarried children, a naval officer and a college student. We have a 529 for the college student. And if he goes to grad school, well, he's on his own. When he graduates, I'm burning the apron strings and running away with my boyfriend. <laughs> uh, the kid will need to cut the grass and keep the dog until we return, whenever that is. Cool. All right. We don't care to leave anything to our kids as we plan to spend every dime and bounce our last check. We can have the house as they can have the house as the inheritance as it's worth about $800,000 in today's dollars. I plan to take SSI at FRA. What are we missing? Are there any taxes we are missing? Thanks for your spitball. Love, peace in chicken grease. Love, peace in chicken grease. It rhymes. I think that is the most unique, unusual email we've gotten today. <laughs> yeah. Today. 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 I mean, since the inception. <laughs> we got boyfriends, husbands, chicken grease, flower child. Yeah. There's, remember, we, we got a call once from somebody that said, knowing that the world is going to end in two years, how should I invest? Yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Those were kind of yahoos. <laughs> Um, this was creative and fun. it was, it was good. Yeah. Sorry if I butchered it as I read it because I was shocked of what I was going to read next. Um, what, are, what, what is she missing? I mean, they make a ton of money. She's 52 years old. Um, husband's 53. Unfortunately, he got a little injured on the job. He's got yeah, some pension yeah. there. He's going to take, so they're super young. Um, right. And so they got to bridge some gaps. She's going to work. I don't even know when when the when she's going to turn into a flower child at 53 next year 52. i plan to become a when, flower when, child next year and bring in no significant income strictly when, when she retires oh okay so but did she tell us how much money that they're making or, or spending well I, i'm i don't think so that's what i'm checking because we kind of need that they said they're going to pay their bills with the husband's pension, the boyfriend's side gig, and 20K or so from cash. So the husband's pension is so 36,000. Okay. 36 plus boyfriend's side, side gig is 14,000. Okay. And then, and then 20K 20. for cash. So, 50, so they're spending like 70, I guess. 
So twenty thousand is the, what they're going to be taking from their investments. Yep, and they got three million. Yeah. Is that math worth? That math is just it's, fine. Yeah, they already got five twenty nine plans for the kids, and again, naval officer, you got a little grad student that's going to be on their own. Yep, can't wait to see the tattoo. <laughs> right. What do you think it's going to be? A Any flower. A, a flower. flower. Sure. What do you think, Andy? I'm definitely going with flowers. She's calling herself flower girl, flower child, and she's wanting to get a tattoo and be a kept woman. Yep. She'll get a All tattoo right. just like mine. Big flower. Well, daisy. So, it, so daisy? I would, I, it could be. Could do that. Whatever kind of flower she likes. Or Tennessee. The orchid. Could be. Okay. Flower girl, if you need a recommendation for a tattoo artist, let me know. Listen, don't Google your way to your golden years when making those plans to cut the apron strings and run off into your retirement sunset. This week on the Your Money, Your Wealth TV show, Joy and Big Al help you separate the facts from the fiction and ignore the hype that's telling you which stocks will make you rich and the minute-to-minute headlines about the market. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes, watch the show, and while supplies last, reserve your free copy of Ignore the Hype, Financial Strategies Beyond the Media-Driven Mayhem. That's the latest book from Pure Financial Advisors Chief Investment Officer, Brian Perry, CFP, CFA. Get yours now in the podcast show notes. Answering your money questions. And in this case, we are answering a full novel. This is spans pages. It's like, Jim, settle down. He goes, hi, Andy, Joe, and Big Al. Sorry, this is a bit long. I also attached a PDF in case the email blows up. Anytime you got to send a PDF, Jim. <laughs> it's a little too long. FYI. It's a little too <laughs> Just a little rich. All right. All right. I'm going to bust through this as fast as I possibly can. Okay. And still give. Good good answers. Th- yeah. Or, or great, good, good great spitball. Great spitball. He's going to uh, use his superpowers uh, today. Yeah. Okay. You, yeah, we will. Dear Joe, Big Alan, Andy, I'm a relatively new listener and love the show. Okay, well, now you know not to send us a <laughs> novel. Uh, the weekly podcast makes the drive to work in Chicago highways a learning experience and enjoy the humor as well. Great information. Looking forward to a future episodes. I'm nearing retirement and have had several portfolio reviews in the last year. Each opinion offered different views regarding RMD insurance and investment vehicles. Spend down strategies, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Given the conflicting info, I'm wondering if you could give me a spitball assessment on the following questions. Yeah. So he's actually going to other advisors, yep. paying them and getting different and advice. And then he's like, well, you know what? I should send a PDF file. <laughs> <laughs> it is so large that can barely get through the internet airwaves. So Joe and Big Al can spitball this for him. Okay, well, we'll give it our best shot. All right. Well, we have RMD tax issue. As the advisor insurance agent states, based on their Monte Carlo simulation, some say we will, others no. In the last two years, I converted $60,000 annually annually to Roth from deferred, keeping us in the 22% tax bracket and below the IRMA threshold. Some say convert up to 24% or 330 to knock down the RMD threat and just pay the Medicare upcharge. Okay, no idea, Jim. Well, he did no say clue. his financials are at the very end of the question, oh, so you have to go to the next question. Jim. Jim, I know you're a new listener. You start there. Okay, we'll we'll put a pin on that one. Come back. Okay, I, insurance. Okay, they say rather than Roth conversions, use withdrawal tax to fund life insurance, which will act like a bond percentage of your portfolio, 
while instantly providing a million dollars in coverage plus increasing cash value guaranteed 2 to 3% per year. Yikes. Yeah, get rid of that. That's that's a that's a strategy, but uh, Roth would provide tax-free gains but no coverage. Additionally, the insurance would not be subject to the stretch 10-year payout rules. Yeah, because it's paid out 100% in year 1. Yeah, the, there are advisors that recommend that, and typically they're the ones that make commissions Correct. on that product. Okay, considering our situation, what is a good spend-down strategy? Some say use the taxable investment, brokerage account first, then Roth, because there isn't any tax burden. We will pass the five-year test, then tax deferred last. So what spend-down looks good for us? Or might one strategy work until 70 and shift to another? I'm assuming our AGI and tax rates will be more in retirement. Okay. So, Jim, your spend-down strategy is not non-qualified, then your RMD, and then tax-free. The whole purpose of doing conversions and getting yourself diversified from a tax perspective is that you probably want a blend of all to keep yourself in the lowest tax bracket possible. Because what happens when you take from, let's say, your brokerage account that's taxed at a capital gains first. So you're taking that money out and letting your deferred continue to grow. And then all of a sudden you have RMDs, you're out of taxable investments in most cases. And then so most of your income is going to be taxed from the retirement account that's all ordinary. So you want to be a little bit smarter. I mean, you're getting rules of thumb and product pitches from these advisors. And I don't even know your situation. Yet. Well, and I will say that that's a common recommendation. And, Very much and, so. And I will tell you this. If you look at one year at a time and only focus on one year, that's a good strategy. Oh, I don't have to pay tax this year. But if you look at the next 20, 30, 40 years, this is a horrible strategy. You got to look at all these tax years in at one time to figure out the best strategy. Because here's the big mistake is you have no taxes, right? You have no income, very little income. Maybe you have a, a standard deduction, maybe you have negative taxable income, right? So you pay no tax for five years, whatever. And then all of a sudden, when you have to start pulling out of your deferred accounts, now you're in a higher tax bracket. You're much better off making those level by doing Roth conversions. All right. Number four, lastly, <clears throat> I always figured we are going to be okay with what we've saved, but inflation taxes and at certain returns now have me questioning about that and not allowing ourselves to enjoy the savings. So is it gloom and doom? Will we have enough? Can we manage what we have more effectively for taxes? Can I relax a bit? That's all underlined. Yeah, that's the big question of the <laughs> that's day. A, that's a big question. That's the only question underlined. Yes. Yep. All right. So now, now that we get to the meat? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Here we go. My wife... We'll be 66 this year and currently draw Social Security, and I'll be 64, planning to work until 65, longer or part-time as needed. And wait until 70 for my Social Security. At 70, we expect to earn $40,000 a year gross with $35,000 net from Social Security. I currently earn $75,000 a year gross, and my wife $26,000 or $26, I'm sorry, a year gross. Of that, we average $78,000 take-home or $6,500 a month. Unfortunately, our expenses typically exceed that amount by about $1,500 a month due to home improvements, making our annual needs, etc. Our total investments include tax-deferred 401ks and IRAs of $2.7 million, Roth IRAs of $354, and brokerage account of $200,000, mostly money market. 
the latter I tap to make up the shortfall when we overspend the income. And if, <clears throat> and it was how I was going to pay myself from 65 to 70. We still have a mortgage at 3.6% for another 20 years. So I did the math spreadsheet. I hope it's right. My assumption formulas include 2.5% inflation and 5% return and the Roth and tax deferred accounts. The brokerage account, which is our emergency fund, slowly erodes with inflation. The math is all based on my age and joint balances show. Our annual expenses climbing from current $96,000 a year to 120. Age 70, $250,000 a year at, at age 82 and 200000 at 92 pays on 2.5% inflation. Our max RMD will hit $154,000. We will come at age 89 and our balances will be $1.7 million tax deferred, six sixty dollars in Roth at brokerage, one seventeen dollars um, in brokerage. I'm sorry. This is all based on RMD withdrawals only, not withdrawals to help us get by. Maybe the spitball will show how, where to fund the shortfalls so the above figures are a starting point. Maybe the max RMD coupled with our Social Security income will never really face huge tax bills as the buckets get adjusted, et cetera. Appreciate the efforts in your weekly banter. Agree that the review compensation committee, that's you, Big Al, should give Andy, she's great, a well-deserved increase. Look at this guy. Yeah, that was what episode was that? Oh, 396, <laughs> 27 minutes in. <laughs> I drive a 2017 Nissan Titan, and I've been known to suck down a frosty Sierra Nevada atomic torpedo. Double IPA. Oh, uh, That's a serious beer. Yeah, on the patio. <laughs> While throwing the ball to our three-year-old golden retriever, Thor. Thanks again, Jim. All right, very cool. Thanks, Jim, for the question. Appreciate you writing the novel. First thing you got to do is add up your assets just to make sure that you can retire. Yeah, so I get about $3.2 million. All right, so you got $3.2 million in total assets. And then you want to spend roughly, what, $100,000 a year? Yeah, he says ninety six, whatever. Okay, minus the 26000 from his wife's Social Security? Yeah, so you need about 70000 from the portfolio. Okay. So he's making that right now as an income, but when he retires, that income is going to go away. And now he needs to start taking dollars from the overall portfolio. Correct. So you take your shortfall. Maybe it's higher some years. Maybe you want to spend 150 one year because you want to go on more vacations. You got more home improvements. Some years you might spend 80, right? But this is a rule of thumb just to make sure that you're kind of on track. So the first step is to add up all of your assets, look at what you're spending minus the fixed income that's coming in and find your shortfall. So the shortfall is 75000 You divide the 75000 that's the shortfall that needs to come from your portfolio, into the total portfolio, which is what percentage? Yeah, call it 3.2 3. million. Let's call it 2.2, Okay. So off the cuff, you're looking at, all right, hey, this looks okay. You're about three under 3%. Now you could probably do this. Yeah, and at age 65 and 66, let's see, let's see. He'll be 64. Not sure about his wife. Our wife will be 66 this year. You could probably do 4% distribution rate. And so you're you're fine. You got you got cushion here. So from a cash flow perspective, are you overreacting? Not necessarily because you're close, right? We 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 have volatile stock market. If the market drops quite a bit and you're pulling money from the overall accounts and you don't necessarily have a strategy, I can see why you're meeting with hundreds of advisors and writing this novel. 
<laughs> yeah, something else to consider is we often say 4% is a good distribution rate at age 65 when you're retiring, but that's prefaced on you staying invested. And so some people think oh, I can just take 4% out of my savings account. No, that's that would that would be predicated on a 60% stock, 40% bonds, you know, just if you're trying to have the most the greatest chance of success, but but you're always uh, you always have to be conscious of the market is not always predictable. So so you have to have some built-in cushions here. Yeah, and he's super close. I mean, he could blow this thing up wide open, make a couple of mistakes and yeah, I can see why there's some anxiety there because right. You have a paycheck now. Now you got to replace the paycheck with your overall investments. Do you have enough? We think, yeah, you're pretty close. Second step then is to look at how are you going to create the retirement income long term? And what is the tax liability going to be on that retirement income? Because if you can save money in taxes, then that money is going to continue to stretch for you. Correct. Yeah. So then he starts talking to advisors to say, all right, well, I got $2.7 million in this retirement account. Should I be looking at Roth conversions? And the answer is probably yes. But you don't have a lot of liquidity to eat one, pay the tax, and to two, live off of as you're converting. So when you look at 2.7, Alan, and he's 64 years old. Yep. So let's just fast forward 10 years. So let's say this three million is five and a half. Yeah, or even five, just to make it simple. Okay. So your required distribution at seventy-two is going to be two hundred thousand dollars. Right. He's going to have about fifty, sixty thousand dollars combined of fixed income. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, his thirty-five to thirty, twenty-six. Yeah. Yeah. About. About 60. Okay. But that's not including the distributions that he's taking along the way because sure. he needs to live off of this yeah. over the next 10 years. So it's going to be a little bit lower. Probably. So let's call it 4 million. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Good enough. All right. So 160,000 plus that, let's call his, his taxable income is going to be roughly 200 grand. Yeah. 200 minus standard deduction. So at 200,000 or anywhere between 180 and 220 is going to be where he's going to fall. Yeah. As a married filing couple, what tax bracket will he be in? Yeah, that's 24%. So that's why you're getting the advice to convert to the 24% because the 24% will turn to 28%. Potentially, you could fall into alternative minimum tax and so on and so forth. So you're buying the tax cheap today, but I don't know if he needs to go full bore all the way up to the 24% tax bracket because the 24% tax bracket is huge. It is huge. It, it goes up to over $340,000 for 2022. And the thing is that you have to look at your cash flow. Just like you said, Joe, there's only a couple hundred thousand to pay the tax and have cushion to live off of. Right. So anyway, you have to be sensible with all these things together. So you would want to look at, yeah, is that, yes, conversions make sense, but it's not like go to the top of the 24, because if he converts up to 300,000, right, right yeah. over the next several years, his RMD might be very little. And all of a sudden now he's in the 15% tax bracket. Yeah, that's And you could pay point. tax at 24 when you're in the 15 so there's a, a balancing act here. You have to run some tax projections. You have to look at the numbers. The person that recommended you taking money out of your retirement account and buying life insurance is out of their mind, given how much money that you have. If you had $15 million, then I would say, sure. Like the other dude that had $11 million with $200,000 in pensions right. that spends like 
30 cents a day. Correct. <laughs> yes, he's going to have a huge tax problem, but he's right at 4% or three and a half or, or at 3%, I should say. That's right. That's not including tax. So I don't know if you want to give your cash flow away to a life insurance contract that, yeah, the, the, the death benefit is going to go tax-free to the heirs, but that money's gone. You might need it for long-term care. You might need it for additional expenses. There's there's all sorts of different things. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I would not do that myself. So will you have an RMD tax issue? Potentially. Should you buy insurance? No. Um, would it be, what's the proper spend down? We talked about, you have to have a better strategy than just non-qualified qualify Roth. Yeah. What you're trying to do is level out the tax, the, the, the tax rate over time, not just have low and then spike. You want to even it out. You'll end up paying a lot less tax over time. And then finally, uh, is he freaking out? No, you're not gloom and doom. I would say doom and gloom, not gloom and doom. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. But, Got it. Okay. Very good. I think he's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of planning that he needs to do and implement and execution is going to be key. So a first, find a fiduciary that's not selling product, Correct. find a certified financial planner and a CPA that you can trust and work with, or do this yourself. Continue to, you know, get the free assessments and analysis all over the place. And then finally figure out the strategy. The biggest thing is that now he's got to create the income from the portfolio and he's got to be disciplined and consistent with the overall strategy as things will change in the market things will change in tax codes things will change in his life and he's got to be able to change with that that's where most people blow up and that's where most people fail is that they're not dynamic or they're too dynamic right they're like then they, they freak out when the market turns and then they stop the strategy or they pause or they get out of the markets or they stop doing the tax strategy when when markets are down that could be the best time to do the tax strategies yep so I think we got it. All right. You asked a really long question. I gave you a really long answer. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hey, you're invited. Join me as I moderate your questions on creating a healthy retirement at our free webinar at 12 p.m. Pacific time, Wednesday, September 28th. Associate Advisor Joe Schweiger, CFP from Pure Financial, will provide insight into evaluating the limits on your finances. Learn about making a budget, how a written financial plan can improve your retirement, and strategies to lower your taxes. Click the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes and register for the Creating a Healthy Retirement webinar now. If you've got money questions, click Ask Joe and Big Al on air in the podcast show notes and send them in as an email or a priority voice message like Kevin did. Hi, Joe and Al. I have my question is kind of a philosophy question when planning for retirement and tax rates. Whether or not the tax, you think in the future the tax is going to be lower or higher, Sometimes, as a married couple, do you consider usually the tax rate of the married couple? What, maybe if one of you dies early, what's the tax rate going to be as a single person? So you might be planning to say we're going to our taxable income be eighty thousand dollars a year as a couple, twelve percent tax rate. One of you dies, boom, that all of a sudden shoots up to twenty two percent. Just what's your philosophy on that? Philosophy. Yeah. Philosophy yeah. and death. Yeah. <laughs> and tax rates. Death and tax. Yeah. Death. And, that's the death and taxes. Can't avoid that. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know if it's a philosophy, but it's a planning mechanism. And I, I think he's right on it. It's called a widow's tax is what right. he's referring to. Exactly. And so when you have, let's say, retirement accounts that 
you have requ- required distributions. Maybe it's a pension. Maybe it's whatever fixed income that you have. And what he's saying, it's $80,000 as a married couple. Well, you know, I'm in the 12% tax bracket. But if one spouses die and I still have that $80,000 of fixed income, you know, I'm going to shoot myself up into a lot higher tax bracket. Yeah. And yeah, we definitely want to look at that for sure. I mean, if someone has impaired life expectancy um, or if they don't, I mean, if someone has a really large retirement account, those are some of the the aspects that you look at. If one spouse dies, what is the tax going to be? If it goes to the next generation, what are the the kids or the grandkids, whoever the money's going to go to, what is their tax rate? So there's multiple things that you want to be looking at in a well thought out comprehensive strategy. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about Roth conversions sometimes on the show. It's it's come up and, uh, and I, and I would say my philosophy, so I'll use that word because Kevin brought it up. (laughs) My philosophy is to plan based upon current tax rates or known changes in tax rates. Like we know the tax rates are going to go up in 2026. Could it change between now and then? Of course, but that's what we know. And you plan on your tax rate right now as a married couple. That being said, um, you sell, you have to have that in the back of your mind. And that is a factor in doing Roth conversions, particularly if you think one is, uh, you know, one has impaired life expectancy versus another one. Or maybe one is a lot older. Yeah. Or one's a lot older. Yeah, exactly. And so then it's like, well, that makes Roth conversions even that much more important because right now for the first several brackets, the single rate, uh, the, the single, you know, the, there's the same rates, 12%, 22, 24, but it, it takes twice as much income to get there as a married couple versus single. So, you know, when one spouse dies, you're going to be in a higher tax bracket. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's double, right? So 80,000 roughly is the, the top of the 12 and 40,000 is the top of the 12 for single. Yeah. And that happens for, I think for the next two brackets after when you get to the highest brackets, it's not quite double anymore. But the point is that your tax, you're going to pay more tax as a single taxpayer than married in, in most cases, if, if, if you have basically the same income. Yeah. And if someone has, yeah, we've done like, I, I hate to say it this way, but like deathbed type Roth conversions, you know, someone is terminally ill and it's like, all right, well, what's going to happen to the widow when they inherit the money? Um, You know, so there's all sorts of different things that you want to look at. But I think you start with if you're married, you're married. What's the tax rate now? What's the tax rate in the future? And then you kind of take a look at your core strategy there. And then from there, you take, I guess, more layers off the onion. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, we'll, we'll, so this is maybe not quite the same, but maybe related, which is in, in certain cases, like one, if one spouse dies and there's a big life insurance premium or something like that, or there's a huge step up in basis, you know, so, so that surviving spouse and on some levels will be better off. But I, I never like to make that our core. Pl- I never like to have death as <laughs> be like the core plan. I mean, it, it's something to be aware of. And this is the same with this. It's something to be aware of. And it, it, it makes it even that much more important, maybe, to consider Roth conversion. But it shouldn't be part of your core strategy. We got Ronnie Burgundy writes in from Washington. He goes, hey, Joe, Big Al, Andy, love the show. I enjoy an old fashioned with a nice steak. Sounds very Ron Burgundy-esque. Yeah, a little bush latte on a Friday night in a little Pacifico on the golf course. I would, I would flip those. <laughs> would you? Yeah, I would, I would have the the bush light on the golf course and then the Pacifico on a little Friday night. Got it. Okay. So that's your preference. I think so. Yeah. 
specifically probably can only handle a couple on a golf course. You might go through a couple more. So Bush Light will just kind of. I think they're pretty similar. Okay. To me. Um, now f- to the question. My wife and I make $180,000 a year combined. 32, yo. Uh, we are moving to Washington from Oregon. We just recently started maxing out our 401ks, IRAs, and HSAs, and currently going completely Roth. Okay. Little behind in retirement overall, 200K portfolio, 75 traditional, 25 Roth. I was hoping to get your thoughts on how much we should be allocating towards Roth after we move to Oregon. I know every situation is a little bit different. Just looking for a little spitball here on a high-income state in the effects of Roth versus traditional. Thanks. Uh, what do you got there, Big Al? Great question. He's, he's going on Roth. He's got $180,000 combined. He's going from Washington to Oregon. Yeah, so Washington is a tax-free income, income tax-free state. There's plenty of taxes, just not income tax. Oregon has a tax. It's it's on the high side, not as high as California that we're in, but Oregon is still relatively high. So then the question is, should I wait? Should, should I still do the conversions when I'm in Oregon? Because now I have to pay state tax. Or go all Roth and its contributions. Yeah, yeah, go, exactly. And 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 the answer, uh, the way I think about it anyway, is 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 it, it depends how how long you're going to be living in the state like let's let's say you're going to live and maybe you probably don't know at age 32 how where you're going to live but it, I'll I'll do it another way let's say you're in Oregon right now and planning to move to Washington and you're near you're near retirement and you're several years away from required minimum distribution you might wait to do your big conversions until you move to Washington as long as you have enough time to get it done now at age 32 I'm I'm not I'm not that worried about the state tax. I, I think the idea of getting the money into Roth is good. You don't necessarily need to get it all in though. Um, but if you could get a lot of it or even most of it at that age and have all that tax-free growth, I, I personally wouldn't worry too much about the Oregon tax. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure where you're going with that, bud. Me neither. You were like, well, yeah, let's just assume that you're 70. And you're not living in Washington and moving to Oregon. It's vice versa. Uh, all right. And all right. let's just uh, pretend all right, that you I... have a million dollars. <laughs> it's all these hypotheticals that have nothing to do with our boy, Ron. But but we, more than Ron is listening to the show. So I'm giving more color here. So, so Ron, let me let me answer someone else's question. And then I'll get to you. <laughs> we'll get to yours. <laughs> Oh, my God. I was like, oh, where's he going with this one? Uh, Ron, 32 years old. Um, you're already going to go all Roth. You're a little bit behind on the savings, you think. 200000 and 32, that's pretty good. Yeah, you got 25% Roth, 75. Yeah, and then, I would go 100% Roth. Don't worry about the the, the tax. You're, you're, you're not going to miss it. Um, that's my spitball for you. Okay. So I did a bigger spitball than you. Yeah. Well, l- let's just pretend you're <laughs> 70. I know you're 32. Let's just go in the future. Um, our boy Juan keeps writing in. He's hilarious. He is. He's uh, Hola, Andy, built to last. You like that, don't you? I do. That's cool. Yeah, built to last. <laughs> um, the real Juan here, subject, crushing dreams and Ponzi schemes. Okay. Joe seems more ornery than ever. Wow. All right, Juan. Really? I yeah. hadn't noticed. Yeah. Just very ornery. It's just it's always the same. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Uh, no doubt a side effect of a sleep or lack thereof with the newborn. 
I completely crushed my dreams of being a consultant while placing a Walmart smock name badge in possibly hairnet on me instead. I was looking forward to pitching a well-disguised Ponzi scheme to the fine folks at Pure Financial. No doubt named after Joe's Pure Golf Swing. Instead, I'll be fetching shopping carts and fending off thieves. Or theft. Theft. Um, Same idea. I do find comfort in knowing Joel will be walking Pebble Beach with his personal caddy, Seamus McGregor. Will be. All the best. Juan Rielesto. Thank you, Juan. I always come up with cute little phrases. Got another cute little phrase in the derails at the end of the episode, so stick around for Crazed. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment at a date and time convenient for you, no matter where you are in the country. Chances are one of the experienced financial professionals at Pure will be able to identify strategies to help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. As it stands right now, Joe, you're in great shape. Now, if you want to buy a nice home by the ocean, it could change a little bit. It will change. Unless he wants to be like Mel Gibson style. Mel Gibson, what do you mean? Lethal Weapon? He lives on a trailer on the beach? Oh, okay. Got Never it. seen that movie because it has violence in it. No, I've seen it. I, I mean, so I saw it 20 years ago. I don't remember that Mel Gibson lived <laughs> in a trailer. But you have a photographic memory for movies, and I congratulate you. I do not. I can't even remember the name of the movie the next day. You've never seen... Help I've me had, just like Al, I've seen it a long time ago, but I don't really remember. Sorry. I, I, on your I remember. See, Aaron knows because he lives in one of those. It <laughs> <laughs> registered with him. Yes. I remember he was crazed. He was crazed? Mel Gibson. What is what? Like he was crazy? He, he was a crazy, crazy, crazy good guy. <laughs> he was crazed. Yeah. What's wrong with that word? <laughs> think i've ever used that in a sentence well now you now you have because you repeated my sentence <laughs> he was crazed <laughs> oh my god that's great stuff yeah you oh. could you can use it now i won't even charge it oh crazy all right, <laughs> all right. The strangest things get you going joe <laughs> oh well that's funny oh, you gotta take a break she's called your money or wealth 